What's up, friends? Welcome to episode number five of season two of Beyond the Cover podcast with me, your host, (laughs) Becky Kahn. I have a wonderful guest with me today as I'm looking at her (laughs) across the table in the eyes. Yes. Miss Lauren Me. Yes. Yay! I love that button. So great. Um, so this is super special because you are following directly after Josh's yeah. um, share time. Yeah. <laughs> Josh's podcast. And I'm so stoked because I feel like you have so much to share mm. in this journey. Um, and hopefully people that are listening today um, will have listened to Josh's podcast um, from the week before right. and be able to um, put your stories, your journeys yeah. together because while it was the same situation, right. is that fair to say? Um, it's different journey. Yeah. Right? Right. So thank you so much for being here today. Yes. Yes. So excited. I'm so excited too. <laughs> are you nervous or are you excited? I mean, I'm nervous. My hands are sweating. Are they really? Yeah. Hands are freezing. And I'm wearing a sweater, but if I take it off, I'll start shaking. It's weird. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave it on and sweat to death. It's no big deal. <laughs> then I'm focused it's on my fine. sweat, not the nerves. You see this? See, a little bit of psychology here. I got it. I yeah, got it. I'm digging yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so today, this is what we're doing. We're talking about your journey yeah. um, with your husband's, um, all the way from you know the first time that you guys realized that this diagnosis of cancer was yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, all the way to you know um, realizing that hey, we are on the other side of this, mm-hmm. you know? So the floor is yours, my, oh, my love. Word. And I'm okay. going to, I'm going to interject here and yeah, there and ask, ask questions, questions yeah. and all the things yeah. like, it'll be very conversational. So okay. don't worry, but I want you to start where you feel like, um, the Lord would have you start in your journey because okay. here's the thing you have to remember, right? So many people hear the stories of the people that were sick. Right. And they, they hear about where they were in the depths of hell and, you know, all the things and, mm-hmm. and Lord willing, we get to hear their story mm-hmm. of triumph. Right. Um, but so often we don't hear the story of the spouse or the parent or the, whoever it is that's journeying this yeah. with them, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I know that there are people that are listening today that, need to hear your story. Yeah. There are people that have been waiting to hear your story because there's people that feel guilty for feeling the way that they feel about a loved one being ill. There's people that are feeling like hopeless. There's people that are feeling, um, anger right now, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe by you sharing your, um, Mm-hmm. Your faith journey, really. Yeah, yeah. In this, they they're gonna get they're gonna get some hope. They're gonna get some relief. They're gonna get some something on the other side. Yeah, yeah. So um, a little about me, just in my um, you know, my could be my testimony, but just my personality is I am a worrier. Always have been. Um, I'm a hypochondriac. I'm not kidding. Um, I worried about getting things from a toilet seat. Um, I would obsess with it. Um, I actually had anxiety so severely that when Josh and I got, um, right before we got married, I couldn't drive for like a year because of the intrusive thoughts. I would literally be driving and I'd be like driving over a bridge because we're from Arkansas, bridges and mountains everywhere. And so I'd be driving over a bridge and I'm like, oh, look at the water. Gosh, that would really suck if I drove into the water. These are my thoughts. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I accidentally like drove over the bridge into the water. Oh my gosh, I'm having an outer body experience. I'm actually in the water, drowning, can't scream for help, unconscious. Ah, you know, and I'm just like, so I'd have to like pull over and I'm like, you know, and it would just be like a lot. And so like I had fears of, you know, even as a child, just hypochondriac, like worried about getting sick. Um, And so that is just always kind of been something that, has been a part of my life and so um you know there's this kind of joke in our family that everything is cancer Mm. um I actually have had six moles removed um and I you know every time my poor little dermatologist like they're like the last time they removed them like this does not look cancerous Lauren but to ease your mind we're gonna go ahead and take it we'll send it off and we'll get the results you know and I'm like they probably just (laughs) this girl's gonna bother us Cause I just keep coming back. Are you sure it changed a little bit? Are you sure? You know? And so 
everything is always cancer and it's kind of this joke and so um josh and i were doing apartment life and um apartment life if you listen to his episode go listen to it if you're listening to this one because it'll answer a lot of questions that you might be having right now but um (laughs) we were doing apartment life and he was just so sick like he had had this annoying cough. It was just constant and piercing. How do you really feel about that? Piercing. <laughs> I mean, it was just like blowing your eardrums, like like this high-pitched, like weird sound all the time, all the time. And he had gone for so many different treatments to try to figure out what it is. What an asthma, what in this. I mean, I can't tell you how many doctors he's been to trying to figure out what is the cause of this. He wasn't able to work out. He was losing weight. He was unable to eat. Um... He he had night sweats. I call them night drownings because I would wake up and the whole bed, you could just push it and water would come up. I'm not kidding you. Like I'm not exaggerating because I can exaggerate. That is not an exaggeration. Um, it was disgusting. It was just gross. And he would just be sweating. He asked the doctor about it. And he's like, oh yeah, that's pretty normal. Hormonal changes. I'm like, this is not normal. Let me tell you. Did you tell him it was night drownings and not night sweats? Did you make sure? Right. And so anyways... I'm unfolding just all this these things and so Josh finally were on the bed right after an, a, an event and he could not even carry the kids our our apartment community that we had gotten close with were holding our children and helping us and it was like this right it was right before Christmas and um he just went home and he laid on the floor and the kids just kind of wandered the house until I got back and he was just laying there he was like Lauren something's wrong and um, we went, we went, we got in the bed and I said, I feel like you have this mass. And I literally said that word in your stomach. I feel like there's something really wrong. And he's like, I think you're right. I, I really do feel like that's what it is. So we go to my son's spina bifida com- um, um, appointment, which just so happened we had scheduled it six months prior. So we're in the medical center because our young, our middle child um, had spina bif- has spina bifida. He was the youngest at the time. And, um, no, he wasn't the youngest. Yeah. Luke was there. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't present. Anyway, so we've got, we've got my middle child. He's getting checked for spina bifida in the medical center. So we're at Texas Children's and, um, Josh could not even stand up. I mean, he looked horrible. Like he just looked sick. Like he looked really sick. I don't know how else to explain it. And he was thin and sickly. And he was like, I think I have a diverticulitis spell again. I'm going to have to go to the hospital. I mean, he couldn't even hold our son. He was sitting on the, out in the hallway. I said, Josh, you need to go. You need to go to the hospital. Like, we're here now. You need to go. And he goes, are you sure? Because I had the kids with me, and it's a little crazy with my children. And I said, no, like, you need to go. So we, I pulled up my phone, and I typed in hospital near me, and there were two options. And one was St. Luke's. And I said, let's go to St. Luke's. And so we walked over with him to make sure he was going to get there okay because he could barely walk. And he goes in, and that was it. And um, they did all kinds of testing and imaging, and they wouldn't release him. So I had to leave. And on my way to take the children's to parents' night out that night, um, Josh calls me. And he said that they found a mass in his stomach. And um, that they're not quite sure what it is yet but that um, it's a mass and they're gonna do some more testing. And I just lost it. I knew, I knew it was cancer. I knew when he told me that it was cancer. And, um, and thus was kind of the journey of figuring out what it was. And they told us it was one of three things. And um, they said, we've never seen cancer look like this. It would be very, weird if this was cancer so we're going to put that at the bottom of the list Mm -hmm. Um, I mean these are people who you know in the medical center everyone's friends with everyone we learned quickly MD Anderson St. Luke's Methodist they all talk they're all Mm -hmm. friends Um, and some of the doctors even work at the different hospitals and they just bounce around and so um, you know they needed to talk with their colleagues to see this was something that they hadn't seen before and um, they said, you know, this isn't behaving like colon cancer, so it could be pancre- you know, it could be pancreatic cancer, it could be cancer from the liver. I can't remember the term for it. Could be um, stomach cancer, or it could be colon cancer, um, or it could be an infection. Um, and so, it was just a journey from there, like of them figuring it out, and the back and forth, and back and forth, and emotions, and family coming in, and just 
trying to figure out how, how do they help Josh? Yeah. What's wrong with Josh? Yeah. So. And how long was that? Like, how long was it before you guys knew that? that That's it, a good question. Was it, was it a long period of I time? I feel like it was you... a couple days. Okay. Yeah. Like, because we had people come visit us while they were trying to determine what it was. Um, and at one point they didn't get enough of the, um, area. So they had to go back in. So I feel like it was a couple days. Yeah. And what was it like for you in that couple of days? Um, I didn't know what to think. Were you feeling like a sense of hopelessness or were you feeling more... I was feeling overwhelmed, okay. like overwhelmed. Like I needed to know the answer. I mm. needed to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't okay with just resting in the Lord. You know, people would say that, well, just rest in the Lord. It's just a mess. It's just a mess until it's something else. And that's really easy to say for everyone else, but the people in it. Yeah. And I know they're trying to encourage you. Um, but I think what happened was it dismissed the way I was feeling mm. and instead of saying, um, helping me kind of come to terms with where we were at and what I was feeling and, and kind of the grief of, of everything happening because the infection was also so bad. If it was an infection, they weren't sure they were going to be able to get rid of it. They didn't know yeah. they had had them on antibiotics and it wasn't responding. Yeah. So as we were like processing all this, um, I feel like people were encouraging and I was trying to encourage myself but then I was also like, wait a second, it's okay to be confused. It's okay. Um, and it's okay also to be confused and at the same time trusting God. What is there anything that somebody could have said that, like, looking back, and if you were to talk with somebody that's in the same position yeah. right now, like, what could someone have said to you in that moment um, that would have made you feel validated in your feelings or help you navigate, you know, what this could look like or the next steps? Like, what could somebody have done? I think like asking me how I feel, first of all, I think sometimes people know what's going on and they're like, hey, you know, how are you? But they're not really asking how I'm doing. They're just like, how are you? You know, I'm yeah. good. Okay, well, I just want to encourage you. And they just jump to it. Um, and then sometimes people, and they mean well, like it wasn't bad. It wasn't like sure. I was mad at that. Yeah. I think just having a space to talk through the emotions and be heard and then um, just to have someone pray with me and not try to fix it. I think sometimes we try to fix it and um, don't fix it. Just hear me and just acknowledge that what we're going through sucks and there's really no answers other than resting in Jesus Mm -hmm. and then praying for my heart so that I can do that. That's what I probably needed that would be the most beneficial. And I had, thankfully, like my family... um, did that and so that was helpful and they just immediately met needs like we're not even going to ask you we know you're not okay so we're going to take care of the kids so that you can process it that was really helpful and our church family um was really really good in just meals and helping with the kids like anything we needed they would go to my mom they didn't even worry they didn't bother me with it like who can we ask because we want to help so those things were helpful yeah if that makes sense it does absolutely Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah Okay, so take us to yeah. um, the day that you find out. Like- yeah, so when we found out, um, like the team had a team had just left because they do their rounds. So you have various doctors coming in and out, and in the medical center, they actually have a buttload of like um, doctors that are learning to be doctors. Um, I'm, I'm literally, I cannot think of the name. What is it? They're like residency. They're doing the residency, I think. Um, so there's like a ton of people, which is really cool because you're getting a whole bunch of eyeballs and ears on the situation. So we had just had a team leave and they just said they're feeling pretty confident that it wasn't cancer and that um, we should have some results soon. My dad left and I think Josh's parents were here, his mom and his stepdad, and they left. And so it was just Josh and I, all of a sudden the, the, our, our GI team comes in and it's probably 20 people. And I'm like, whoa, this is a lot of people. And, um, he just says, um, we got the lab results back and you have cancer. I'm very sorry. And I was like, wait a second. What? Are you kidding? Is someone playing a joke on me? And he goes, no, um, I'm sorry. It's, 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 it's advanced and it's inoperable cancer. And I was like, you have got to be joking. And I started freaking out. I, I started freaking out and I was just like, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. I was like, wait a second. This isn't about me. 
this isn't about me. Yes, this is about Josh. You know, like trying to like rationalize myself. Wait a second, you're freaking out. Your husband just got the news. So Josh, I go over there and sit, and Josh tries to call the the nurse. He's looking for his button to get some anxiety medicine for me. And I'm like, no, 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 it's fine, I'm fine. And so then I go into the bathroom and I call my mom after the doctors left, and um, I started having an anxiety attack. I couldn't breathe. I was like, Mom, I can't breathe. Like, help me, you know? And I mean, I'm sorry, I'm gonna get emotional just because I was like, someone like, help us. Like, this can't be real. Like, this has to be a joke. It's not operable. Like, we're only 30 years old. Like, we have three kids, we just had a baby. Like, there's no way this could be real right now. And so my mom called my dad and my dad is awesome. (laughs) And he just came in and he just immediately held Josh. And we just like wept, all of us, no words just crying and he just said i'm so sorry like i wish i could fix this and he prayed for us and it was just crazy um that's really all i could say is just um totally overwhelming breathtaking takes your breath away not in a good way (laughs) no definitely (laughs) not in a good way how did you feel like you um i guess in that moment you didn't you couldn't you didn't have the capacity to um, be the pillar of strength for Josh. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Yeah, it is. You know, I think that some people get so caught up in that they have to be this strong tower, right. you know, no. for the, and, and you can't, you can't, number one, you can't. Right. That, right. And right. it's not ever in your own strength that you can do that. But yeah. It was okay that you crumbled in that moment. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah, we're crumbling together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember, um, and we'll jump around a little bit in this, but I do remember that there was times that you guys had posted on Facebook or you know whatever it was. Yeah. I, Facebook is where I saw, but um, where it was like, okay, in this moment, like you were being super strong. Yeah. You know, and then in this moment, yeah. Josh was being super strong, and you and you couldn't be at that moment, and right. it was like this back and forth of, you know, almost like this melody that, that, that God yeah. was playing, you know what I mean? And, in the, um, in this journey that you guys were in. And yeah. so what the dad comes, yeah. you guys are coming to terms with this yeah. inoperable, yeah. like, okay. So do you guys tell the kids I mean obviously the baby wouldn't have right. and I really even Calvin probably yeah. couldn't have even understood that at all but yeah. like what do you do at that point is it okay we're gonna we're just gonna sit on this we're not even tell them what's going on dad's just not coming home for a little so, while yeah or... yeah so um my one of my sisters Cassie she just flew from her job like she flew in um my mom drove in. I mean, a lot of people were, were coming. And so my grandma was there and, um, my grandma, my, my grandpa, we lost my grandpa to pancreatic cancer and my grandpa had an enormous hand in raising me. And so, um, she had kind of been through this a little bit. And so I'm thankful that like my sister and I, um, who often kind of refer to my grandpa as our uh, dad, um, we had been through it. So I think that helped that, we had all processed this kind of as like children, if you will. Um, we weren't children, but we were the child of someone who, you know, mm-hmm. we felt we were the child of someone mm-hmm. who we lost. And so I think like them being tender to that helped. Um, my mom's a counselor. And so she, um, not, she doesn't practice, but she has a degree in it. And so her um, just being really like knowing how to word things and knowing how to help us, we did tell the kids and... Um, you know, and I cried, I cried with the kids and I told them like, I'm crying because I love your dad so much, Mm -hmm. but we also know that like God is still good and he is going, we're going to pray and we're going to trust and we're going to ask and we're going to go on behalf of dad and just ask God to heal him. And so we don't have any answers other than cancer sucks. It sucks. And we don't want this to take away dad, but there's a possibility that it might. Mm -hmm. And um, that was really hard for our oldest. Um, He developed a fear of death after that. So, I mean, as you can imagine, he was five years old. So um, it was heavy. It was really heavy. So um, 
yeah, during that time after the diagnosis, our apartment life coordinator thought it was best that we um, not serve as a team. So we were living for free essentially in the apartment. So we had to pack up everything, which our church family did for us. Cause I mean, gosh, I, there's no way we could have done that. So our entire youth group and church family packs up our whole house for us. And, um, I mean, it was just like, I'm just word vomiting all the things. Cause in my mind it, it was, it was as if everything was taking place at once, you know, oh, yeah. telling the kids, processing this, hoping Josh, like figuring it out, family in town, and then we're moving. Um, and we were homeschooling our kids. We we're gonna had to put my kids in school. Had a special needs child. Now all these people have to learn how to cat them. Mm. Um, it was a lot. It was yeah. a lot. No kidding. <laughs> so um, I, I, it was weird because it was like that day after my dad prayed for us and and everything. It was just like immediately. The Lord gave me a peace that I cannot describe. And the reason I know that it was the Lord is because, as I told you earlier, I'm nuts. I'm always (laughs) anxious about everything. Anxiety, all of these things. That was my life. So to have this peace that I couldn't describe, I couldn't put my finger on, I didn't conjure up because I wasn't capable of that. Um, I knew it was God. Yeah, and so it was just like, peace. He's going to be okay. Trust mm. me, rest in me, trust in me, rest in me. It wasn't like I got at that moment like a word that he was going to be healed. It was more of like just God knew what I needed. My heart needed to be held. Mm. And that's what he did. Mm-hmm. And I felt it. And it was really cool. Man, man. Yeah. My heart needed to be held. Like I can just see like his hands like wrapped around your heart, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I remember Josh said... Um, that it was almost, or the way I heard it anyway, is that it was almost instantaneous for him of like, you have cancer. Yeah. And then he was super calm, like immediately. Like, yeah. It was not necessarily that way for you, but you did come to this place of like the supernatural peace. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. And I, I mean, how much does our God love us? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To, to, to put this, this net around you of like, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And he know he knew that you needed that, you know, mm-hmm. he knew that you needed that piece to be able to continue to function and not to say that you didn't have ups or downs, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? For sure. Because you guys had a lot of ups and downs. He did. Like he was super, like every day it was something. Um, at definitely every week. And so, so there, there for a while, it wasn't as much every day. Um, but every week it was something. So yeah, I remember there was a time and I may have shared this with Josh when we were talking, but I remember there was a, something was posted and I just, I I had my phone in my hand and Max was on the other side of the bed and I laid it down and I told Max, I said, do you really think he's not going to make it? And, and he was like, what? Cause he didn't even know I was reading this post, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to cry now. What, what the heck? Um, and I remember feeling in that moment like, he's not going to make it. Mm. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. And I immediately felt convicted. Yeah. Like, oh, ye of little faith. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? You're going to declare that right now? Yeah. That's what you're going to declare? Yeah. And we immediately went into prayer. Oh, <laughs> like, like, okay, no, 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 no. This yeah. is not what we're, we are not believing this. We're right. not declaring this. Like, we, your will be done yeah. always. Yeah. And it's always our prayer, right? And it's hard to pray from that place of like, do we really mean that? Like, I can't imagine sitting in your seat and being like, Okay, God, like if it is your will mm-hmm. to take him, to to be able to save, then take yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Are you kidding me? It was it was weird. Yeah, and I would say it was definitely, it was hard, but it wasn't hard. Um, I just immediately started like digging in the word and, and um, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible talks about like the storehouses and, you know, um, storing up in the storehouses for a time of drought, um, for a season, um, of, of where you would need to bring about the -hmm. things of the storehouse. And I felt like everything that I had been reading and studying this foundation that the Lord had, um, allowed me to establish and establish for me, things were just coming out 
And I was able to rest in him. I was able to have peace because I knew him. Because I knew his word. And so I just ran to it. It was mm-hmm. the only thing I knew to do. There was nothing else I could do. Mm-hmm. Except run to Jesus. So I know that sounds cliche, but it's true. And it was hard. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, I, I told Becky because she asked me what story sticks out. And there was a couple of them. Um, but the one that sticks out the uh, really, really clearly in my mind is um, when Josh had internal bleeding. And um, they couldn't get it to stop. And I didn't understand because I was like, can't we just keep putting like giving him bags of blood until this thing shrinks and then go in there and fix it you know in my mind I'm like trying to figure out things the doctors haven't thought of and so they went and they were like we're gonna do this procedure but it's only gonna last for 14 days um and I I I mean it was something that they used for like in war and battle and like just to like the big nasty gnarly stuff they sprayed it on there and it kind of created this band-aid to move someone to an emergency situation to be able to operate on them so Mm -hmm. kind of like stop the bleeding stop the bad stuff but only temporary was gonna Mm -hmm. fix it and so um you know they went in and josh at this point had been you know puking blood um right before this instance before this procedure he had puked at home and he had walked out i mean he was just always puking from chemotherapy but um he had walked out and he was going to bed and i looked over at him and i said josh are you okay and he turned and he looked at me and he started to fall and he shook his head no and he just went and i just caught him and i mean i just like lost it i was like this is it he's he's gone like he he's dead i was terrified Um, and so they immediately, the ambulance rushed him. They wanted to rush him to a local place. I said, no, 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 no. We're going to St. Luke's medical center. He's a cancer patient. We're going there. And the, um, the ambulance driver said he would. And he told me, he said, if this was any other driver, they would have never taken you out this far. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. But when we got there and they were explaining about the bandage op- option, it was the only option they had. The only option they could give Josh at this moment um, was more time. That's really all they could give us. And so um, when we realized how bad it was, they did the procedure and the doctor came out um, personally. And she just said, I wanted to come out personally to you just to tell you how bad it is. And I always get emotional, you know, on this. But she just said, um, it's really bad. It's really bad. And I want you to understand just how bad this is. And um, she said they were able to stop it for the time being, but she couldn't guarantee that it would be the full 14 days. She was thinking probably maybe like more like 10 days. She said it could be as soon as two days that that bust open. Or as, as long as 10 days is what she was thinking. And she said, when I went in there, there's scar tissue holding some of the um, organs up and things that needed walls up that needed to be held up. And that's it. That the cancer had eaten holes through these walls that were supposed to be there. And she said, we were able to see just how much damage this cancer had done. And she said, do you have kids? And I said, yes, we have three. And she just said, I'm just so sorry. And then she starts tearing up with me, which is just a blessing, like that the Lord would move in the hearts of doctors who see so much to have a heart for us mm-hmm. and and to see us in our pain and to hold my hand and to just listen and just let me process it. It was just an incredible gift. And she just said that... Um, I think this is the time that you need to have friends and family come and say their goodbyes. And um, do you have someone here that could, you know, talk with you or whatever? And so I called my in-laws and um, just lost it. I just cried. And I just said, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't think he's going to make it. And his mom, of course, was, you know, devastated. She's like, no, this isn't it. This isn't it. This can't be it. This cannot be it. And so it was just a moment of all of us just trying to like wrap our minds around like what, how much time do we have? It was just in the, and after the procedure, I, um, Josh got out and, um, he didn't know any of this and he woke up and he smiled and I was crying and he said, it's bad news, isn't it? I said, yeah, it is. I'm really sorry. And I just started to cry and he was just, he started to cry and then 
right at that moment, Josh's mentor, our old pastor, who was actually like our college pastor and is our former pastor of this church, he walks in and like they just hug each other and just start crying. And I'm just like, God, every time you are so faithful to like save us, like see us, hear us, be with us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So um, that is just like something that just sticks in my head, my, my mind. The minute that Josh, I think his faith, was just weary someone was there mm. and it was just really cool so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's like one of my favorite moments yeah. um but yeah I think during the whole thing a lot of th- things went through my mind like um do I want to get remarried again mm. um and then I felt bad for thinking that mm. but you go there so I'm thinking like um you know I just immediately think like do I want to get married again could I do that who is like Josh? There's no one like him. He's so amazing and loves the Lord. And and then I'm like, oh my gosh, if I'm single again, I'm going to have to like protect myself from these vultures that are going to be like ready to bounce on a vulnerable <laughs> widow. And then I'm like, I'm going to be a widow and I'm 31 years old. Mm-hmm. And my kids aren't going to have their father. Like, I don't know. It was just a lot to process. And then I felt bad for thinking that. And I would just yeah. go back and forth. And I grieved mm-hmm the loss of a husband who was still alive. And that was really hard. He was still alive, but he lived in the hospital for the most part. Um, and, you know, when I was filling out putting Jude in school, I couldn't talk with Josh about it. And when I was putting Jude in school for the first time on the emergency contacts, I couldn't put his name. Wow. And that was hard. And when I went to the doctor, um, it, they asked me to fill out an emergency contact for me. And... I always put Josh, and I couldn't, and that was weird, because I was like, well, he may not be here. Mm. This is weird, you know, and so it's just like processing all of those things. Um, yeah, those are things that, that people don't think about. Right. I would never think about that, like, for yeah. you, you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. man, she's having to, you know, register Jude for school, and she's not going to be able to put, I would never yeah. think that. I know, I know. And it's weird, too, and I know this is really personal, but, you know, like, as someone who's about to lose their husband... You think, I'm never going to get to kiss my husband. I'm never going to get to make love with my husband again. Like, I'm never going to feel his, like, holding me whenever I'm losing it. And then I'm really worried about social settings. Like, I usually ask him, is this okay to say? Because I'm so (laughs) weird and blunt. And I'm like, who am I going to ask? I'm just going to be this weirdo, you know, (laughs) for the rest of my life. But um, you just... You, you, you go there and it's a horrible place to be and you feel alone at times. But then I was reminded constantly God would tangibly put someone in my path or in the time, uh, you know, his word like this one. I'm going to pull this up. This was something that God um, spoke to me. Psalms 9, 9 through 10. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. And I love it because it said, like, God is a stronghold in times of trouble. That's plural. Not one time, and that's it. He didn't just save me and then leave me. He never abandons us. The Hebrew for times literally mean through continual circumstances. And so, like, God is my refuge, and I can be weak, for when I am weak, he is strong for me. So I have to be weak so that I might see his strength. Mm -hmm. And he's allowing me to just um, run to him with these problems and these issues and these difficulties, and I was processing it with him. And so I couldn't be mad at God. I couldn't be mad at God because um, he was constantly there, constantly covering me, comforting me, and um, giving me peace. And he was just so faithful. How could I be mad at a God who was there? And I think what really it comes down to is how do you define good? Mm. Um, is God only mm. good because of your circumstances? Or mm. is God good in them and, you know, be, despite them? And I just, I just decided that, God, you are good no matter what happens. And I was determined to allow him to show me that. And he did. Wow. And so, um, you know, I think that, Sometimes when we feel hopeless, um, it's because our hope 
if we allow the Lord to reveal to us, I think sometimes we just want to make things better and we want things to be fixed. But our purpose to be here on earth is to know God and to make him known, to glorify Mm -hmm. him. And so if my hope is staked in the Lord, then no matter my circumstances, no matter my situation, then my hope doesn't waver. I can't feel hopeless because Mm -hmm. my hope is in a God who never changes. And so I think for some of us, when we feel hopeless, we have to ask ourselves, what changed? Circumstances Mm -hmm. or God? And if circumstances change and I feel hopeless, then maybe that's revealing to us where our hope is. And so um, I think God just did a big work in my heart. Like, what is good? How do you define it? What is hope? Where is it at? It was just this constant, you know, (laughs) process. Constant. So For a full year. It was, yeah. And I just realized, like, Lord, whether he's here or whether he's not, you are good, and mm. I love you, and I'm thankful, God. Even if it was for this season that you allowed Josh in my life to be my husband, to father these kids. And that's hard to say, because then it's like, am I giving up? And it's like, no, I'm praising you for what you've given me. Whether you give, whether you take away, you're the one to do so. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to just stand here and say, thank you. Thank you for the bad. Because in it, um, you are good, and thank you for the good, because... I mean, you're always good, so. We can't stop talking right there because I can't, <laughs> I can't talk right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, and Josh still, like, he's in, and that's what's cool is, like, for the doctors to see Josh's faith and for Josh to have gospel conversations with people as he's dying, um, it gave, it was such a witness to these doctors. They wanted to come in his room when we were there on social visits. Why? Because they were drawn to us. Why? Because God's hand and God's favor. Yeah. But also because we weren't can I say buttholes? Okay. <laughs> because we weren't because we weren't buttholes. Yeah. And and I say that to say I oh, hope no one's kids in the car and they're like, Lauren Um but Sometimes Christians are so demanding and we fight for favor and we fight for the rights of our husband and the rights of this. I really had it laid on my heart that I was not going to do that. I was not because I'd been a CNA and I'd seen too many people put crosses on their door and they were so demanding, so overbearing, so this and that. I did not see Jesus in them. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a difference when you're being mistreated. But again, you have to ask yourself, is God your vindicator? Is he your healer? Is he your physician? Yes, you want to make sure that your person is being treated fairly. But at the same time, um, like, I just, I think that they saw in us that determination to let God be made known. And so through that patience, loving, how do I do that? Whenever uh, a nurse comes in my room, we would ask, how are you? Mm -hmm. How are you doing? Mm -hmm. And um, can I help you? I would always ask them, can I help you? In fact, when the surgeons would come in, I would like get them their trash can, be there, over there to help because it wasn't their job just to nurse my husband. I'm invested. I'm a part of this. We're a team. You are helping us and I am helping you because you are being, you're an instrument that God is using to save my husband. Absolutely. So anyways, I think that our witness is all the actions and inactions that we do. And so... Um, you know, again, it goes back to like, why are we here? If God, if we're here to glorify God, then this instance, this difficulty, this trial is so that God might be made known, not just to me, but to everyone who gets to encounter the situation. And so, you know, I just think about like how invested our doctors are and even still they'll like message Josh and like one of the doctors, it was just his physician's assistant that was supposed to talk to Josh the other day. He got on because he just wanted to say hi. And then Josh's other doctor that we don't even need anymore got on because she just wanted to say hi. (laughs) And so, you know, you just see like they're drawn to it. They're drawn to us. And that's how it should be. Absolutely. Even though we don't agree on all the things, like they should be, they should know we're loved. We love them. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So anyways, it's been a fun journey, but um, he still has a couple (laughs) of infusions left and he still has to get his PET scan. So, um, but they just said, they were like, one of the doctors said, Josh, I don't know if this is a divine intervention or a miracle drug. And Josh goes, I think it's both. But he said, we have never seen this response. So everyone's like, oh, immunotherapy is great. Maybe. But this dude, for all purposes, like MD Anderson would not take him. He was too far gone. He was too far gone. Okay, so if MD Anderson has mild restrictions, but he was literally too far gone 
that certain places wouldn't even take him. And so for him to be just miraculously bounced back so quick, for it to be so effective, you can't tell me that God's hand wasn't in that. Yeah. Even the doctors are like, I don't know what this is. I know immunotherapy works, but this is absolutely crazy. And he goes, you're literally, like, after his surgery, even the the the, the people who were testing his tumor, they were like, did you give us the right specimen? <sighs> And they called the surgeon. The surgeon shared that with us. He, and, and, you know, they were a joke. And he, they said, because there's no cancer in this tumor at all. None. Not around it. Not in it. It's dead. That's insane. It's insane. And so they've never seen this response. So Josh is kind of like a guinea pig. And um, and so they're like, well, we're trying to find anything relatively similar to compare it to, to know how to proceed from here. But there's no evidence of disease. And so... Um, it's just been amazing. Yeah. Like what? That's crazy. It was almost like you were always like, okay, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? Cause I remember yeah. like watching him preach, you know, came to watch him preach whenever they said he wouldn't walk out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, what next? What next? What next? I'm yeah. Like, we're fixing to get interrupted. This is live coming at you live. Max is walking in from work. So it's going to make a bunch of noise and then the dinger's going to go off and he's not going to know we're in here. So <laughs> You're welcome. Live in the house of the Khan Kingdom. <laughs> he walked by he like, was quiet. Oh, he's good. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's hey, this is what you get, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so like knowing that okay, he wasn't supposed to walk out of the hospital, right? right? And then that was, was after another... the band aid, like after she yes. told me to bring people in. Yeah, he wasn't. They told us it would be a miracle if he walked out alive. Yeah. yeah. And then, but from there, it was just like. Triumph after triumph right. after triumph. It felt like to us, like yeah. you know, or to me, thirty thousand foot view. Like, right. like okay, okay, God, okay. And yeah, it's crazy because people are like, "Well, medicine's great." Well, da da da. Well, God chose to use the medicine, but you can't discount the fact that even these doctors who are brilliant, by the way, because we're in the medical center, you know, the mecca medical center of the right. world, um, you know, and there's great hospitals all around. But this is a big deal for them to say we are amazed. Um, it, it speaks to something. It's not just me saying it. It's these doctors who have seen All really things. bizarre things yes. happen. Yes. Some rare cases get brought in just because no one knows what to do with it. So even MD Anderson, all these people who are working with our doctors trying to talk about it, I mean, they're amazed. So it's just, to me, it's not enough for just me to tell my mom or my mom to say da-da-da. But <laughs> right. for a doctor... To say it and be truly like taken back, yeah, it just encourages us. I can't know? imagine how many times his story was shared. You know oh yeah, I mean he's like the miracle dude mm-hmm. at the oncology. Uh, actually, one of the when we were there for one of them, somebody had to said they wanted to come in and just meet him. They just wanted to see him because um, like I think it was a resident or something at the oncology. I don't know. Was learning. Wow. And yeah. he just wanted to see Josh just because yeah. he just was amazed i remember seeing like the pictures right there were some pictures that josh just looked so bad mm-hmm. you know and even when we came up to see him and that was in the early stages of things that yeah. that we came up um one i don't remember anyway he looked bad then right and then he had lost so much weight and then it was like um I posted the picture, so th- then he, we saw him, you know, in live and in person at the church, and then we yeah. saw him again like a time after that. I don't remember. Anyway, fast forward all of that. So like, okay, I posted that picture of him um, last week, pushing the thing for the for the rise up thing. I don't know if you saw the picture that I posted with the podcast, mm-hmm. but I was like, golly, like he looks so good. Yeah, you know, and I can. He definitely bounced that weight back pretty quick. <laughs> You better leave him alone. <laughs> now he's on a diet. Yeah, no, he is. He, he, well, I mean, he also didn't eat for months, so I, we let him go right. crazy with the ice but cream. But I can't, like, sitting, right? <laughs> sitting with, um, you know, sitting on, on your side. Yeah. You know, standing in your shoes. Like, yeah. to be able to, like, look at my husband and be like, dang, he looks good. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. to, like, I know for you it's probably a little bit different because you saw this gradually, like, gradual decline and this gradual incline, right? So it's not so much of like, you didn't see him and now you see him. You right. know what I mean? So it's different It for is, sure. but I'll, I'll say this too. You know, Josh and I, just a little plug, Josh and I do um, counseling, um, uh, biblical counselors and pastoral counselors for um, 
uh, you and me counseling. You can go check us out. We do premarital counseling um, as well. But um, so I say I say that to say our marriage was very interesting. And there was a time when I hated Josh. And I was totally cool with just being his roommate. Um, because um, we just, you know, every marriage has that place. You know, you hit that place. And I remember asking God, like, help me to love him again. Because it's not there. And when he got the diagnosis, I wrestled with that. Was this because, like, mm. I had that season and I was asking the Lord to do something? And so, like, he got cancer and now I'm going to lose him only to realize how much I love him, um, you know? And then I realized, like, this is a blessing. Thank you, God. And I don't know necessarily that, that you know, I'm not going to say that's why because God has way bigger purposes and, and things happen. and Lots but, that we're but, not going to know this out of heaven. Right. But, like, I also, like, felt like the Lord reminded me of that. And um, I was just able to say, like, even now, I'm like, thank you. You restored our marriage and the fact that it took... Um, and, and our marriage wasn't broken, per se. We had normal problems, normal issues. But... Um, the, the 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 way I love him now is far different than the way I loved him before. And um and I guess it's because we went through so much mm-hmm. um that I don't Isn't know, like kinda like two ends that. of the like there's there's that's kinda gonna go either way because this is one of the I forget, I locked it up at one point for somebody else, but like the percentages of of marriages that end in divorce after mm-hmm. something traumatic like this, you know, or even during something yeah. traumatic like this. Yeah. And then, um, and then the, uh, the opposite end of that yeah. is like, we're closer than we've ever yeah. been. This, this uni- unity that yeah. we have is greater than what it's ever right. been. And like all the things, so you have right. the two opposite ends of the spectrum. So I think that, um, man, I'm, I'm overjoyed to hear that it's this yeah. end of the spectrum. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting cause we were never, you know, I say that to say like we were committed, like I never was going to yes. divorce my husband, yes. mm-hmm. but you still in the marriage, you, you go, you get mundane, you get in ruts, you get in da, 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 da. Those are normal. Um, and the Lord just really revealed to us so much about marriage in general, which is why I'm so passionate about marriage. Mm. Um, and why we want to continue to, um, do counseling for those who, who might find themselves in a similar situation. Cause the Lord just breathed life into dead deadness. And that's what he does. He restores, he redeems, mm. he, um, He's so faithful. He's so good. So to use this to strengthen our marriage in a way that it never had been done before. Mm-hmm. And that, again, I'm saying this to say it's not like I hated my husband for years, you know. It's right. just, you know, I, I don't know. Unless you've been married, if you've been married, you know. Like, you mm-hmm. just get in a place where you're like, ugh. And um, I'm just so thankful that... <laughs> we. I laugh because Max and I, for years, I think we've been married... Well, I don't know how long we've been married. We've been together almost 20 years. And married for 16 or 17. Oh, Okay. Anyway, but we joke and we're, we say, like, we've been happily married for 10 years, <laughs> but we just celebrated our 17th anniversary. You know yeah, what I mean? Type thing. Yeah. Because it was, I mean, girl, it's for real, for real. It Especially is. when you have kids yeah. young yeah. and um, and you barely know each other or like each other. You, you like each other enough to like each other, you right, know, like, right. but you don't really know each other at that point. And then you have kids yeah. and then it's like... And Man. it's interesting because the Lord showed us, is he good despite circumstances? Come is he on. good? You know, all those things. And you can say the same about marriage. You know, marriage, unfortunately, for those who aren't married yet, it's not one big pleasure fest where you're just going to have great sex for the like every night of your life. Um, and so, you know, are you faithful to your husband? Do you love your husband despite when maybe you don't feel it? Yeah. You know, God's just teaching us a lot about himself and about who he calls us to be. And marriage is a great... Um, way to magnify the Lord and show others who, who the nature, the character of our, of our God. Yeah. And so, um, That's yeah, so good. it's, it's, it's been interesting, but in a good way. In a good yeah. Way, so. Yeah. So here we are. Yeah. We have like the, okay, we just have to get, you know, we got these two more, what do we call them? Podcast? No, treatments or what is it? Oh, he has two yeah. more infusions. therapies. Yeah. Okay. And then another PET scan. And so are you almost feeling like, and I'm totally putting you on the spot here, but okay. are you almost feeling like you're, okay, we got to get to that that PET scan and then I can feel like I can absolutely breathe? Or do no, you feel no, like... No, never. No, okay. in fact, you, you can't ever breathe because it can always come back. Mm. You're always at risk for it coming back. In fact, how severe his was, how it was touching the pancreas, invaded the stomach, um, in the liver, gallbladder, you name it, it touched it. 
Um, because of how large it was, like statistically speaking, it should come back. Um, and so you're never off the hook. You're never off the hook for cancer. And so, you know, they say after 10 years, your likelihood dramatically decreases of it coming back. But um, you can't rest in the, the um, what the doctors say. You can't rest in any of that. Again, it all goes back to, like, because I even thought that. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. And then I'm like, wait a second. What if it does come back? Is God still good? Am I still going to rest in him? Is my hope in him? Or did my hope shift to this, we just got to hope and pray that they're going to say, you're done and you're never going to have to come back. You know what I mean? And so, again, it just goes back to like that perspective. Set your gaze on Christ. Set your gaze on the Lord. Fix your gaze on him. Because if you're fixed, then no matter what clouds your judgment or clouds your view, it's always going to be clouded. But if your gaze is set on the Lord and your hope is anchored in him, then no matter what comes your way, you are... Um, firm you're on a firm foundation you know so yeah so I would say I'm resting now knowing that if it whatever happens doesn't matter God's good we're gonna get through it Mm -hmm. and uh, he's gonna get the glory and he's gonna change us in the process and that's even better news so absolutely yeah and what you're able to do now through this journey I mean Mm -hmm. the people that you can minister to Mm -hmm. um, what you're doing with uh, you and me right Mm -hmm. and um, I mean my gosh like all of these things would it be possible? I mean, obviously the Lord can work out whatever he right. wants to work out. I'm not saying that. Right. But these things wouldn't be possible without the, the, the testimony that you have and the journey that you went through and mm-hmm. um, all the, the ways that the Lord refined you through those. Yeah. Through the through that journey. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, Before we end, is yes. there anything that you feel like you wanted to share that you didn't share? Because now is the time. I will say this. I encourage people who... Um, are feeling hopeless, are feeling angry at God. Like, first of all, he is not, he, he knows that. And so it's okay to admit that, confess it to God. Um, he's big enough to handle it. He is. Mm -hmm. And, and seek him and ask him to, to change your heart, ask him to, um, to help you, to heal you. And he will. Um, but also I encourage people to find a biblical counselor, Um, there's a difference in Christian counseling, there's a difference in biblical counseling, and there's a difference in counseling. And, um, I firmly believe, you know, Josh and I am finishing up my certification. It's two year process with biblical counseling. And I've realized that Christian counseling is muddled and it's sometimes rooted in technique. And, um, I believe that the word of God is sufficient to meet every need. And so I think that what you need, um, again, that's not to narc on Christian counseling because Christian counseling is great and sometimes we need that, blah, blah, blah. But biblical counseling, when we're really going through something, sometimes we separate things um, and we categorize issues and we like to like try to fix it on our own and not tell people. But go to a Christian who is a Bible-believing Christian that's firm in their faith or find a biblical counselor who can help navigate you through things because you need to lean on God's understanding and you need to lean on what he says and you need to let him heal you not try to fix yourself with certain practices or techniques so I guess that's my encouragement is if you're if you're looking for hope go to the word of God go to a biblical counselor don't go to a someone who's gonna try to help you come to terms with things because that doesn't Mm -hmm. fix it Mm -hmm. only Jesus can fix your your pain so Amen to that. Yeah, that's my last little nugget. Okay. Okay. That's good stuff. <laughs> Girlfriend, thank you so much yes, for making me cry. You. you know I don't cry, first of all. So Aww. there's that. Uh, very, very rarely. Although it seems like more now. Yeah. Well, that, is that good? Yes. That's your mouth. Anyway. I still love you, even if you want me to cry. <laughs> Whatever. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us today. And uh, we hope that you were able to take something away from this. Yeah. Um, we know that the Lord led the conversation. And so we're grateful for that. So yeah. until next time, just know that you are so very, very loved.